Each year at Christmas time, the hymn rolls around, O Little Town of Bethlehem. And we see little Bethlehem on Christmas cards pictured from a hillside away. Such a peaceful little village, or so it seems, at least until Augustus, the emperor of the Roman Empire, orders a census requiring everyone to return to the town of their forefathers. For me, that would be Stewart, Virginia, down in Patrick County. It's the county seat there. That's where I would go to be counted. Where would you go to be counted? Big city, small town. If you have a memory of stories in the Hebrew Bible, you might remember Bethlehem as the little home of another little guy beginning in the book of 1 Samuel. You think who it was? David. Yes, David. Uh, Was David the oldest one in his family? No, no. When the Lord sent Samuel, the prophet and judge, to the home of Jesse to set apart by anointing the one that God had chosen to replace King Saul, this is in the book of 1 Samuel, Samuel saw the oldest son and he thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is now before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord does not see as mortals see. They look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Who else is getting called today? (laughs) Besides David. But, oops, I'm getting ahead. Okay, so after the first brother, six other brothers were brought to Samuel before he had someone sinned for David while David was out watching their sheep. It wasn't the littlest one in the family that Samuel expected to anoint as king. But God seems to work especially well through smallness. Joey Fawcett tells the story about a first grade teacher who was reading the story of Chicken Little to her class. And she came to the part of the story where Chicken Little goes to the farmer and tries to warn the farmer. And she read, so Chicken Little went up to the farmer and said, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. And the teacher paused and then asked the class, and what do you think the farmer said? One little girl raised her hand and she responded, I think he said, holy mackerel, a talking chicken. Well, the teacher couldn't teach for the next 10 minutes. (laughs) Fawcett reminds us that we've heard stories like Chicken Little so often that we take the details for granted like a talking chicken. And yet to an eager mind absorbing a great story in every way and lapping up every word of it, it's all unanticipated. It's fresh, not frozen. At this time of year, we may wish to be surprised by a very personal gift from under the tree, perhaps, but there are some surprises that we don't like. Interruptions, for example, that deter us from getting done the things on our list, like trying to rearrange the Christmas gathering when someone has to work at the last minute, or getting sick and being unable to do everything you said you would do, or getting hit from behind by a car in a parking lot, Wayne. 
The unanticipated things make us change course. They make us pay attention in new ways. Can you think of any examples in your own life where something unexpected happened and it caused you to pay attention to other things in a deeper and more focused way? Imagine Mary having heard the unexpected news from God's messenger, something small in size but large at the same time was about to redirect the course of her life. Though she was betrothed to Jesus, she would be with child through the power of the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine what others were saying? Oh, right, Mary, where did you and Joseph dream that one up? Well, we're told that the first thing that Mary does is to set out in haste for the home of her relative Elizabeth. Adam Hamilton, in his book, The Journey, points out that this is a nine or ten day trek by foot from Nazareth to Ein Kerem, where tradition says Elizabeth and Zechariah lived. It was very close to Jerusalem. So we can wonder, what was Mary thinking about on this journey? What was she anticipating The penalty for pregnancy out of wedlock at the time was being killed by people throwing rocks at you. And so what a wonderful surprise it must have been then for for Mary when Elizabeth welcomed her in the way that she did. We heard about Elizabeth a few weeks ago. She was with child as well and at an advanced maternal age. And Mary, perhaps, chose to spend her own first trimester with Elizabeth, who was in her last trimester. Hear it again. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. Now, do you think at this point that Mary was feeling blessed? The messenger from God had told her that she was blessed, but... We wonder whether Mary truly believed it until she heard Elizabeth's exclamation. And after that, Mary can express her praise and her humility and joy to God in this poem that we call the Magnificat. You think about it, did you ever carry a little magnifying glass around? I I remember doing this on the driveway growing up, looking at like the ant as it walked by or trying to, you know, just all the little tiny things, the veins in a leaf. A magnifying glass makes small things larger. And so here's Mary magnifying God. She shows how God makes small things larger too. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant He has lifted up the lowly, and he has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel 
who, by the way, had failed God many times over. And yet, as to us, God is merciful. This year, as we conclude Advent and as we celebrate Christmas, think small. Think about the good things that do come in small packages. What lessons can you glean from these quotes? Margaret Mead said, Never doubt that a small group of committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. In a book on the Transcontinental Railroad called Nothing Like It in the World, the authors noted that Chinese workers on the Central Pacific were small but were good at teamwork. An appeal by a famous neurological institute asked doctors to bequeath their brains for research, and it ended, any contributions, however small, will be greatly appreciated. St. Isaac of Syria said, A small and persistent discipline is a great force. For a soft drop falling persistently hollows out hard rock. A small girl named Mary in a small town named Bethlehem, which means house of bread, giving birth to a small baby in a stable changed the world. We may feel quite small and insignificant at times, perhaps insecure. And honestly, it would be grandiose of us to think that we can change the world in the same way that Jesus did. And yet we can change our worlds, and we can change the world of the people around us. When we do so, we find a new sense of security, and security leads to peace. Donna D. Simone told me earlier this morning about her husband Mick, and some of you may have learned about that on the news. About a week and a half ago, Mick, who delivers papers in the morning, had saved a life. He usually tosses the papers into the driveways of people, but there's one person who's in her 80s, and he always takes her paper around to the back of the house so that it's easier for her to get And this one morning, a few weeks ago, he took the paper back around to the back of the house and smelled smoke. And he backed up and he looked and her house was on fire. He called 911 and they said, just keep trying to wake her up. And so he pounded on the door for 10 minutes, Donna said, until finally she came down in her pajamas and uh, saw too then that the house was indeed on fire. The smoke detectors had not worked. And so she was brought out to safety, and he wrapped his coat around her, and everything went okay from there on, except for for the house, of course. But as Donna was telling me the story, we were talking about what what a little thing it was that Mick would take her paper, take a few extra seconds each morning to take her paper around to the back of the house. And the firefighters said that if he had gotten there five minutes earlier, It probably wouldn't have been that big, and if he had gotten there five minutes later, then she might not have made it. And so that 
time and that one small act of kindness to take that paper around to her saved her life. And Donna said that Mick got a note from the son of this woman who said, we would have been having a very different Christmas were it not for you. So think small. Watch for little clues, perhaps little things you can do. Or you may notice in a new way how your family members or friends are feeling. You may notice the person standing under the mistletoe. You may notice a smile that seems a little dimmer this year or a little brighter. You may notice a child in a new way or a person who's aging and perhaps lonelier this year than last. Let God magnify these things for us because small things can become big things and so often it's the small things that change our lives the most. May we pray together. On this one day among the many of our lives, O God, help us to recognize you in a small new way. Help that to transform us and help us to transform others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.